Around IT in 256 seconds by Tomasz Nurkiewicz. Episode 6. Little's Law. Little's Law is an astounding equation that's that simple, yet it can bring an amazing insight into what your distributed system is capable of. But first, let's go to a grocery store. Imagine there is a single clerk that on average processes one customer in four minutes. It's fairly obvious that he can serve 60 minutes divided by four, 15 customers per hour. This is the arrival rate that is sustainable. If serving a single customer would take three minutes instead of four, then the math is simple. 60 divided by three. It makes 20 customers per hour. As you can see, the faster clerk is capable of handling customers, the more customers he or she can handle in a given unit of time, like an hour. All right, fairly obvious. But what if we add a second clerk? We assume he or she has equal throughput measured by the average time it takes to serve a single customer. The throughput of our system suddenly doubled. That, again, under the assumption that clerks are independent of each other and there is no synchronization needed between them. Also, there is no shared resource that they have to wait for. Each clerk has his her own register. So it's no longer 20 customers per hour, but 40 customers per hour. You can probably guess that adding a third clerk increases the store throughput as well. It should be easy to figure out that overall throughput is equal to the throughput of a single clerk multiplied by the number of clerks. Believe it or not, this is Little's law in its whole glory. Little's law essentially says that the number of customers we can serve per hour is proportional to the number of clerks but it's also inversely proportional to the average processing time. The more time it takes to serve one customer, the less throughput we get. Number of workers divided by average transaction time. That's it. Let's go back to distributed systems. In our industry, we can use Little's law by replacing clerks with CPUs, servers, threads, coroutines, whatever. Rather than measuring the time it takes to complete checkout, we use transaction or request response time. What's truly amazing in all these scenarios is that these are the only dependencies. For example, this law is not affected by the distribution of response times, like constant, normal, exponential. It's also unaffected by the distribution of arrival rate of customers. In a stable system, it works even if we only know about averages. All we need is the average number of requests per second, average response time and throughput. Knowing two of them, we can calculate the third one. Let's take a concrete example. Imagine Node.js server that handles CPU intensive request. Node.js is famously single threaded. So if a request needs your CPU for 100 milliseconds, we can effectively serve at most 10 requests per second. However, if we deploy four Node.js servers, then theoretically throughput grows to 40 requests per second. On the other hand, let's take old school Tomcat server with 100 worker threads configured by default. If one transaction is IO bound and takes on average 100 milliseconds, this Tomcat instance can serve 1000 requests per second. Notice I said IO bound. If transactions on this Tomcat instance are CPU bound, we use number of available CPU cores rather than threads in the equation. Little's law is amazing for many reasons. First of all, it allows you to estimate the theoretical maximum throughput of your system, knowing very little about its internals. You just need to know what are your bottlenecks, servers, CPUs, database connections, 
or the other way around, how many resources you need to sustain given traffic. It's even more amazing if you take into account how simple it is. It works no matter what is the distribution of incoming requests, whether you have random GC pauses, etc. You only work on averages. That's it about Little's Law. Hope you enjoyed it. You'll find more details, discussions and materials in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye.